0: Welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Let's just pray together as we come to the word that God has for us today. Father, we thank you for this time that we've just spent with you. Lord, this time that we are spending with you now. Father, we thank you for your presence. God, we do. We love your presence, God. It, it's, it's, very, the, it's breath and it's life to us. And Lord, we thank you that you love to spend time with us. And Lord, we delight in it. And Lord, we pray that as, that, that as I share these, this word that you put on my heart, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, speak to our spirits, speak to our hearts this morning, we pray. Speak through your spirit jesus name let them be your words father let us have ears to hear you speaking your voice your words to us in jesus name we pray amen if you have your bibles this morning would you open them up to the book of james we're going to be studying through the book of james through this series and uh I'm calling this series, Faith That Works When Life Doesn't, because we know that things don't always work out, do they? And we talk about this often, it's something that we all know, I don't have to to preach you to tell you that we have trouble in life, that things don't go smoothly, things don't always work out, but we can have a faith, and, and God wants us to have the kind of faith that sustains us in every circumstance. He wants us to have that kind of faith, and we can have that kind of faith. And it, you know, sometimes we kind of—it's a little bit like the disciples, and you know, with, with Jesus and his disciples, we read in the Gospels, and often it seemed like they just didn't have a lot of faith, doesn't it? And sometimes we identify with—I don't know about you, but I, I identify with that. And I go, sometimes I just don't feel like I've got enough faith. To believe for the kind of stuff that I want to see, to believe for the kind of things that God is, is calling me to do or to say or uh, to, to trust Him for. And I go, God, I, I need that faith that sustains me through those kind of, you know, through, through the valleys and, and through the difficult times and through the challenges. Sometimes it's like it's all we can do to just kind of cling on and I'm just reminded of those words that Jesus said that it's like you don't have to have a, a massive faith, all you have to have is a, a little bit of faith in a great God. And sometimes I'm encouraged by that and I go okay, I can have a little bit of faith, I can trust in a great God but we can have a faith that, is, uh, that, that sustains us when we go through challenges. Now, most of us here are no strangers to challenges. Our church is, is not a stranger to challenges. We've been through different crises and different challenges, big and small, and, and we'll kind of talk a little bit more about challenges. But James is writing, and, and if you've got that in your Bible, the very first verse in James is kind of his introduction. We always read the introduction first, and it kind of says, this letter is from James uh, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this James, just as an aside, um, was the the James that was the brother of Jesus. And it's interesting, isn't it, that he describes himself not as James the brother of Jesus, but as James a slave of Jesus. And I, well, I imagine that that was quite a turnaround him and obviously there were some, some fairly dramatic kind of revelations and encounters that he had about this person that he 'd grown up with and called brother for a lot of his life uh, i can 't think of too many things that would would happen that would uh, would call me a slave to my brother i don 't know for those of you who have brothers uh, <laughs> you 're probably not particularly likely to want to be your brother 's slave. That was always kind of like the, the when you lost a bet or when you lost a <laughs> Oh, you know, if if I lose, I'll be a slave for the day, kind of thing. But but James writes, "A slave of God and the Lord Jesus Christ." Says, "I'm writing to the twelve tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings, and he's writing to uh, Jews that because of persecution." because of trials, because of the threats on their life had had fled from Jerusalem and from the area to all different parts of the world and kind of started new lives and they'd they'd left and gone to different places. And so James is writing into this kind of situation to these people who have been scattered. They're They're away from their homes and their homeland. Maybe some of them were away from family members or friends that they'd known and grown up with. And so he's right. they're not just kind of, you know, travelling away abroad on holidays or something. It's not like they're on vacation. It's not like they've, you know, you know wanted a, uh, a sea change or something like that. It was kind of like they'd, they'd fled because of the danger associated with being a believer at that time. And James writes to encourage them to, to build their faith, to encourage them to live out their faith as well as encouraging them when it comes to challenges and trials and and wants to, I guess, encourage them in the right way to view these kinds of things happening in their lives. And so he goes on in verse 2, he gets right into it, he doesn't mess around, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested... Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So, James wants to, because he's writing to people who've suffered persecution, have been forced to flee and to leave their homes. And he says, I want to give you some wisdom about how to deal with challenges, but with difficulties, with obstacles, with suffering, with persecution. Because they needed it. So I guess, and so, I want to I share with you some things, we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, and I want to share with you four uh, things to remember about difficulties. Alright, so number one, problems. You might already know this. So, uh, problems are inevitable. Problems are, are, not an, are not optional. Problems come without fail. It's kind of like, you know, the, um, the old saying when people say, the only two sure things in life are death and taxes. <laughs> Neither of those sound particularly like positive things really do that. But, but it's, 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 you can guarantee it is absolutely inevitable that at some point, now you might you know, have a really good stretch for a while, but challenges come, problems come, things don't go smoothly all through our life. When James writes uh, in verse 2, which we just read, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, he doesn't say, if you face troubles, he doesn't say, if you happen to get into a difficult spot, then here's what to do. He says, when they come your way, because he knows that they will. Jesus, in uh, John 16, you might remember, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble... He said, you'll have trials, you'll have sorrows, but he said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Uh, Peter said something similar as well in First in Peter 4.12, you can jot this one down. He says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you were going through as if something strange was happening to you. He says, you're going through difficulties, you're going through trials, fire, not just any trial, not just little, like fiery trials. He says, you're going through fiery trials, why are you surprised? Why why do you you make it sound like this is something out of the ordinary or this is normal for God's people? That's encouraging, isn't it? (laughs) Woohoo! Suffering is normal for us, yes! (laughs) Uh, But he says, you know, this this is something that we shouldn't be surprised, we shouldn't go, oh, why is this happening to me? It should be something that we kind of have that mindset of expectation and it's just like like what's next, you know, what will be the next thing, am I ready to face it? So number one, problems are inevitable. Number two, problems are variable. What do I mean by that? Well, James says, when troubles of any kind, some uh, translations say many kinds, some translations say all kinds, the idea is that troubles are not always the same, are they? Troubles are, they, they are many and varied, they're multifaceted sometimes but they're, and, and often we kind of get a whole bunch of them all at once. Do so you ever find that? It's sort of like that's, you know, you don't just get one thing that breaks down, you get like three, <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> you know, they, they come in all shapes and sizes, all, all difficulty levels and, and in all areas of life. Problems and challenges are not just limited to one particular facet of our life, are they? We can have troubles in our, in our finances, we can have troubles in our job, we can have trouble with our uh, relationships, with family and friends, we can have troubles with our health, we can have troubles with our emotions, we can have troubles in the garden, maybe. I don't know. If you're like me, you do. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes you get attacked by bugs and you have to like deal with them. I don't know. We have troubles at whatever area of your life you have, um, we can have troubles. Uh, Troubles vary uh, in intensity, don't they? Sometimes there are, are troubles we go through and it's kind of like They're just kind of like a little bit difficult or a little bit of an annoyance sort of thing. And then sometimes there are challenges uh, which actually cause a great deal of suffering and a lot of pain with the really ouchy kind of ones. uh, Troubles can vary in frequency, in how, you know, how how frequently they come along, how much of a, a break we get in between. Troubles can vary in duration... Some problems are those ones that, you know, you kind of, you can deal with in, a, in just a matter of hours or days. Others can be things that we wrestle with over years or decades even. Problems are inevitable and problems are variable, James says. The third thing he says is that problems are unpredictable. How many of us know this? Think problems don't always come into our life at a time when it's convenient. they're not always things that, you know, when we know that they're coming up, are they? James, uh, in verse 2, and I I, I like this in the New King James Version, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And I think that's quite a descriptive uh, way of talking, it's like if we're talking about you know, life is like a journey and we're walking along the road of life and it's kind of like troubles are like the, the potholes that you stumble into, aren't they? You kind of fall into it because you didn't see it coming. And sometimes they're things that catch us by surprise. They hit you when you least expect it and usually when it's the least convenient. You know, it's, I, I remember what it was like when our, our kids were really little and there would always be a crisis on Sunday morning just as we were about to walk out the door, running 10 minutes late for church, and just as you walk out the door, there's always some sort of crisis. <laughs> uh, sometimes that still happens. Generally, I leave before everybody else, so I just avoid it and leave it all behind. No. Nah. <laughs> Let them have a crisis while, without me. Um, sometimes there are things that, you know, it's like when you're, when you're struggling the most financially, that something breaks down. Your car breaks down, or your, your washing machine breaks down, or you have to replace the, the ceiling because it flooded, or, you know, and you go, this is really not what I need right now. You know, like six months ago, before I just, you know, did whatever and spent my money and bought a new car, then, you know, that would have been all right. I would have had the money then, but now I don't. Uh, and problems are sometimes those things that just come, uh, that are, are just unpredictable. That's number three. Problems are inevitable, problems are variable, problems are unpredictable. But I guess here's, the, here's the, the positive one, all right? Number four, problems are purposeful. Problems actually... And sometimes we don't always understand the purpose of the things that we're going through, but problems can serve a purpose in our life they can actually be good for us, they can be helpful to us, if we have the right perspective, if we walk through them with God in our life, and if we walk through them kind of having that right attitude, then we know that problems can actually serve, uh, or they can actually have value in our life. Uh, This is one of my favorite quotes, this is by uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, FDR, one of the American presidents. Um, He said, a smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. I think I've, I've shared this one before and you might have heard that before but it's kind of like there are some things that we only learn by going through difficult circumstances. There are some things that we only learn in the midst of a trial, that we can't learn in kind of like in when everything's going well, when everything's going smoothly. That the only time that we really learn how to, how to cling on to God and how to trust God is when we, you know, is, we really learn that when we're going through a trial in a way that we don't learn it, when everything's going well and smoothly, do we? There are three, I want to share three purposes of difficulties that come from what James talks about here in James 1 verse 3. First one is this. It says, Problems test my faith. Problems test my faith. Beginning of verse 3, James writes, For you know that when your faith is he's talking about trials. He's talking about problems. He's saying, When you go through all kinds of problems, when you're going through all kinds of trials, he says, For you know that when your faith is tested, faith is a little bit like a muscle isn't it? It's like the only way that it actually grows beyond its previous capacity is to be stretched, is to be pushed to its limits. It's a little bit like I'm actually feeling a little bit um, sore this morning because I was doing some uh, exercising yesterday and I've got some sore areas, parts of my body this morning and uh, it's kind of like that when you, you sort of... Eli Elon, Elon can relate, you can relate can't you Elon? No, don't get, no, <laughs> you've been slacking off, <laughs> I'm sure you can remember back to those days when you used to, and it was kind of like if you just do whatever's easy and you just work, you know, within your limits and within where you're comfortable, it doesn't, it doesn't stretch you, it doesn't actually cause your, your muscles to grow. It's only when you kinda you you push the limits. It's only when you kind of go that little bit more, push that little bit, and our faith is a little bit like that too, isn't it? As it gets stretched, as we are required to trust God in, in difficult situations, maybe situations that we've not faced before. Situations where we kind of we do get to that point where we're like, Can I keep holding on? Can I keep trusting God in this situation? Am I almost at that point of kind of giving up and somehow our, our faith grows when we, when we hang on and we stick in there and we trust God in that. When he says, we're talking about our faith being tested, essentially what he's saying, he's saying, it's not like, you know, when you're in school and you, you do a math test and you have to answer the questions or anything, it's not a, an intellectual exercise, but he's talking about that, the idea of our faith being uh, proved, being examined to see what it's really made of. And it's the same uh, uh, word that's used for tested as what Peter uses here in 1 Peter 6 and 7. He says, Be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than gold. When our faith is tested, it's, we could call we could say it's 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 proved, it's examined, we discover what we're really made of. We discover what kind of trust we really have in God. And often those kind of challenges, the, the trials, the suffering that we go through often really test out what, what our faith is made of and what, our, what it's based on. Am I going to trust God in this situation? Okay, so problems test our faith. Number two, or well, the second one, problems develop my endurance. James says, You know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. What is endurance? Endurance. Endurance is that capacity to keep going, to keep persevering, to keep patiently enduring. The ability to see things through to the end, even though they may be difficult, even though they may be stressful, even though it may be uncomfortable, even though it may be painful, even though we may not see what benefit might come out of it, endurance is keeps us going and says, if this is the direction that God is leading me, if this is what God has brought into my life, He's the one who knows me best, isn't He? He's the one who knows my capacity, He knows what I can deal with. He's the one who knows, uh, you know, and sometimes it's only that we have the capacity to deal with it with His strength and His help too though, isn't it? Sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I give up too soon. Sometimes we need to learn how to endure. Problems develop my endurance. Number then the third one here, the third thing that problems help us to do, or the, the purpose of problems, is that problems mature my character. Don't you hate it? When uh, you have to do something really difficult and someone says, Oh, it's character building. <laughs> when I was a kid, my, my parents would say that to me. My dad, especially, would say that to me. Hi, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> and I was like, You just knew if it was like character building, it was going to be a whole lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and often it was like, you know, laying pavers out in the garden or mowing the lawn or, you know, doing something, some project that he had in mind. One, this is one of the things that problems and difficulties and challenges and suffering can mature our character. James goes on in verse 4. Uh, it says, you're, so, you know, he says, if we just read, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. He says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. It says you will be mature. Perfect in this context is not saying you'll never ever make a mistake again and you'll do everything right all the time. But perfect in the sense of mature and complete. You're no longer like a child who's sort of still developing. You're a a mature plant that's ready to bear fruit, if you like. If you want to use that analogy, you are complete. I don't know about you, but kind of that's one of my goals, is to be mature and complete, to be a person of integrity, a person who handles difficult situations and responds to them in the right way. But we have to learn that endurance, that ability to see things through and to allow that to develop in us. When we learn to trust God in every circumstance... What do you need to trust God with today? What is is the the challenge that you are facing right now? What is the thing that you have to wrestle with trusting God in? What are you uh, holding on to? What area is uh, trouble helping you to mature in your life? When we learn how to respond to situations in the way that God wants us to respond, then we are mature. I think about this sometimes um, because we think about the, the difference between maturity and immaturity. And particularly in how we respond to other people, how we respond to challenges or difficulties I was kind of thinking about this and it was kind of like the mental picture that comes into my mind you know we can probably all imagine the mature versus the immature don't we do we you know the mature perseveres and stays calm and responds with grace and compassion the immature uh, spits the dummy and has a tantrum (laughs) And sometimes in that moment, you know, when we're kind of, that that emotional moment, we feel very justified in spitting the dummy and having a little tantrum, don't we? But as you know, you can just imagine that, that little two-year-old that, you know, doesn't get their way and, and things aren't going the way they want and they kind of, you know, have that little tantrum and roll around on the floor screaming and crying and <laughs> sometimes I think... We're going to act a little bit like that spiritually. Well, I, I do, I do, let, let me say. I'm sure that you don't, ever. So we're responding to challenges. What is the, what, how should we respond to challenges? What's the, what's the mature way that God wants us to respond to difficulties, to, to crisis, to, to, to suffering or struggles in our life? how should I respond? Number one, rejoice. That doesn't sound like um, a very fun way to respond, but it is kind of what is what James says. He says, when it's, uh, you know, when you face trials, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just reluctant joy, not just kind of like, uh, kind of like, you know, ex- you know, Uh, reluctant acceptance or something I suppose I'll put up with it or, you know. But he says, great joy. James is not, now now James is not saying that we should pretend. James is not saying that we should, you know, just put on the, the, the smiley church mask that says, oh yeah, how you doing brother? Oh yeah, I'm doing fantastic, sister, thanks very much. You know, everything's wonderful. You know, sometimes when we're going through the midst of a crisis, we don't necessarily you know feel like everything's going great he's not saying just like you know smile and be happy and be fake and be pretend and you know and and put on an act when when everything's not going great Uh, recently uh, some of you might remember we talked about giving thanks in every circumstance we talked about the uh, you know being thankful even for the fleas Uh, things that we don't understand or (laughs) things that we don't like and I don't know about you but I'm not entirely sure I'm quite there yet Uh, that's my goal I I hope that's the direction I'm heading but I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet I'm working on I still get annoyed when my car breaks down Uh, I still get grumpy when I'm feeling sick or when my kids are sassing me (laughs) isn't that right (laughs) but here's what I can do like I might not yet be ready to be thankful for that thing, but I can be um, I could, or, or ready to rejoice for that thing, but I can rejoice in the midst of what i 'm going through. I can rejoice in the midst of a problem I can rejoice in the midst of a challenge or suffering because I know because of what I know is true. I can rejoice because I know that God sees what i 'm going through. I can rejoice because I know that no matter what it is, I'm never alone. That God God has promised to be with me in every circumstance and I believe that He is. I can rejoice because I know that God can strengthen me and enable me to see through and to endure in any circumstance. I can rejoice because I know that God can bring victory out of defeat, bring good out of bad and turn every situation into into victory just like we talked about a little earlier this morning you know whether it's the the Israelites at the Red Sea who you know had this amazing victory when things looked impossible or David when he faced Goliath and you know that was, that was, an, it wasn't just Goliath, it was like that was the turning point for the, the battle between Israel and the Philistines that have been at a standstill when God does this amazing miracle where David beats this giant, all of a sudden that empowers and it strengthens the Israelite army and they absolutely run over the Philistines. They're just like, yeah we're going for it and like, that that was that was the turning point, and sometimes God can take those moments, and and so I can rejoice, no matter what I'm going through. I can rejoice knowing that God is able to do that in my life. I don't have to enjoy the pain of of having sore muscles because I exercised yesterday and was lifting weights, and you're all impressed because I do that. Um, that that's kind of like that. That's masochism. Like you know, if you're enjoying pain, yeah, that's, that's a bit. And I don't enjoy the pain of having sore muscles, but I can learn to be thankful. If I understand the purpose of it, if I understand that, you know, I don't necessarily enjoy the suffering that I go through and, you know, when I'm exercising, because that's not particularly pleasant. You're like, you're sweating and you're tired and your know, things hurt and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But if I understand the purpose and the value of it, it kind of it, it helps me to see it through. It helps me to continue to to do that, to stretch my my muscles or my faith, if you like, because I understand that it serves a purpose. I understand that it's going to make me stronger, and the pain that I feel doesn't bring the same kind of fear. Um, when I, then I'm not afraid of it, and I don't shy away from it, but I can endure it. Psalm thirty four. David says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will speak His praises. Do you notice that he doesn't say, I should praise the Lord at all times. He doesn't say, I will try to praise the Lord at all times. He says, I will. He's making a declaration. He's saying, I am making a choice to rejoice in every circumstance i'm making a choice to choose praise to choose joy he's making a choice about how to respond and you can do that too you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't ever kind of have a a moment where you sort of forget but it's a good thing to go you know you might have to make this choice 10 100 1000 times more in the future but to make the choice now and to say I'm going to choose praise. I'm going to choose joy. So we respond to challenges by rejoicing. Number two, how do we respond to problems? We request wisdom from God. We request wisdom. We need God's wisdom, don't we? I do. And God says he's in uh, verse 5, James 1 5, he says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. God is not kind of withholding, he's not reluctant. Uh, he's not, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make him beg a little bit more before I, you know, you know give him some wisdom. He, he wants you to have wisdom, he wants you to make good choices. He wants you to make wise choices. He wants you to make God-honouring choices. Not only because that's good for you, it's good for others around you and it gives glory to God. He wants you to make those choices. There are times in our life, and particularly when we're going through challenges, when we're going through problems, when we're going through suffering, often there are choices and moments that we kind of go, what am I supposed to do in this situation? And James says, if you're, not, if you're going through a trial, if you're going through difficulty and you're not sure what to do, ask God. He says, and He'll help you. Especially when there's a lot riding on that choice. Especially depending on us. Often we have uh, spouses or family members or children or, or other brothers and sisters in our church family that, that at times are affected by the decisions that we make. I don't know about you but I hate making the wrong choice. <laughs> I, 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 And sometimes this is one of the things, I'm the kind of person, I don't know about you, I, in my experience there are two kinds of people when it comes to making an important purchase. There are kind of the people that will go out and the first one that they see that looks good, that's the one they come home with, you know and their shopping trip will take about 20 minutes. And then there are people like me and I will not even go to the shop until I've done as much research and found out as much information as I can and I'll be googling stuff, Chris I know you do this, (laughs) and I'm looking at all the different, you know, and the the bigger the decision, the more money I'm spending, the longer I spend researching. (laughs) Sometimes it'll be weeks I'll spend looking at all the different options and all the different features and all the different models and where I can get the best price because I hate when you have those moments where you you you, you do your research and you buy something and then you know two weeks later you you regret it and you you know the new model comes out. And you're like, oh you know, and it's got better features and it was a hundred dollars cheaper and you know and it works better and it's more reliable and you're like uh now I thought I was getting a good deal at the time, but you know, or or, or then it you know breaks two weeks later, I'm like, ah, oh, what did I buy that for? You know, and it's tough sometimes. You know, you want to make the right choice. The right choices about your future, the right choices about your job or your career, the right choices about, you know, how you 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 know, what how you deal with those kind of situations or how to move forward. In that moment, what to say to that person. A great approach is to talk to God about it. Say, God, I want to make the right decision. I need your wisdom. I'm so glad that God says that we can pray about this stuff that's going on in our life when we've got to make decisions. I'm so glad that that he says that I can talk to him about this stuff. We need wisdom, not only so that we can make the right choices, and so that we can know what to do in a certain situation, but sometimes we need wisdom so that we can know what we ought to learn in a problem or through a problem. You know, we talked about how problems can, can help us to, to mature our character and sometimes it's kind of difficult, isn't it, to know, God, what, what am I supposed to be learning? I don't see any point to this problem or this challenge or this suffering and sometimes it's in those moments too that we can actually talk to God and say God I need your wisdom like what do you want me to learn by going I don't want to kind of uh, you're trying to show me or, or what you're trying to teach me the devil wants to use trouble to defeat you but God wants to use trouble to develop you And so we can ask God for his wisdom in understanding what we need to learn. Number three, how do we respond to problems? We rely on God. We rely on God and trust that he will help me. James 1, verse 6 but when it says, But when you ask him for wisdom, it says, Be sure that your faith is in God alone. It's not just a case of like say a prayer and then just go out and do whatever. Um, <laughs> do what I wanted to do anyway, or, you know, what I thought. If we pray and ask God for wisdom, uh, we need to actually believe that God cares enough to speak into our situation. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, if we, if we believe that God wants to help us, if we believe that God wants to impart His wisdom and guide us, then, then what does that mean? We, we pray, we ask God, and then we expect... And believe that he 's going to to share something he 's going to speak to us that he 's going to provide that wisdom we listen sometimes and sometimes it involves waiting for that kind of response from god sometimes we 're so so uh, desperate to kind of try to fix the situation that we 're not patient enough to actually wait and listen to what god 's wanting to say. Some of us at times struggle to with this whole idea. Struggle to even think that God would want to help me in this situation. But if you're here last week, remember, you're God's favourite. You're highly favoured. Part of relying on God is also about, at times, relaxing. Not just like, you know, putting your feet up and watching TV, but in terms of letting... (laughs) Not that that's a bad thing at times, but you know, <laughs> that's not what I mean. What I mean is, you know, that ability to kind of, you know, uh, let the shoulders down, kind of let, let things go and trust them into God's hands. If we trust that God will help us and we can relax because we understand that it's not all on my shoulders. I don't have to carry all of the weight of this. So rely on God. And lastly, remember God's promise. I refuse to quit because I remember God's promise. And James 1, the Bible is full of God's promises for us, but I want to share this one that James shares as well with his readers. He says, God blesses those, this is verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Truth is that suffering is part of life. Problems are a part of life. We all go through situations that we would say is a, a crisis, a disaster, a catastrophe, whatever word you want to use it, but we all go through them. The, the, what it comes down to is, is whether or not we learn from it. Whether or not we use it. Whether we respond to it well or not. If you're going to go through it, we may as well learn from it and get something good out of it, hey. The question is not whether you'll go through suffering or problems i think that like we said already established that's that's inevitable the the two questions that really matter is this and we'll get the music team to come back up on the stage as we we just close with this the two questions that we really need to ask is this when you go through troubles will you turn to god for help when you're going through a time of a crisis or a time of suffering or a time of difficulty will you turn to god for help and the second question is this, will you let him teach you? Will you let him teach you? Will you, are you? Are you willing to learn from this situation? If you turn to God when you face troubles and allow him to teach you, this, this verse we just read, James tells us that there's a great reward awaiting for those who endure, for those who trust God in that. And that's a great promise, isn't it? It's a great promise. It's something that I think that that for me helps me to kind of stick in there just that little bit longer sometimes when I don't understand why things are happening or when I'm struggling. And God says there's a reward for those who endure. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that although challenges and problems in lives can't be avoided, Lord, we know that they can be overcome. We know that we can endure with your strength and with your help. And Father, we thank you that you are a God who sees the challenges and the problems that we're going through right now. Father, for each one of us who's here this morning, and each one of us uh, who's listening to this message at home, Father, we, we know that you see the challenges that we are facing right now. The things that we're struggling with, the things that we're wrestling with, the things that are testing our faith. And Lord, we thank you that you are present with us as we walk through that, that you strengthen us, that you give us wisdom as we reach out to you. Lord, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that as we go through those things, as we we turn to you for help, Lord, that you will help us to grow that you will help us to get stronger. Lord, that you will help us to be mature and complete and lacking nothing and able to face those situations and respond to those situations in ways that honour you. Father, we thank you for that promise. Lord, that as we, as we endure hardship and difficulty there is a great reward Lord not only in the future when we are welcomed into heaven but Lord right now Lord, there are blessings now that come as we endure Lord there are things that you, you teach us and you show us and uh, you, you invest into us and into our lives Lord that bring blessing and help to us in times of need And we thank you for your your nearness in every situation. Lord, we make a choice today to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. We choose to praise because we know who you are. And we give you thanks, in Jesus' name. Amen. For listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.